Thank you for your willingness over the last uh, nine months or so uh, for filling out all those surveys and coming to all those counselor information giving to me and to others. Um, I appreciate it. We're putting together, our goal is to put together a full report of what everybody has said and all the things that we learned and some proposals. That's what the transition team is doing. We will present that to the leadership of the church. Um, they will take a perusal of it, see the things that we can do as Bethesda, make an action plan. And at that time, we'll also uh, begin that which you have longed for, and that is that search committee, so we can find that next shepherd, um, pastor next for us here at Bethesda. So thank you for, um, for all that you've done. And again, I thank you from Linda and I for your generosity, your graciousness. Uh, we have felt very much at home here. Um, so thank you for that. And if you would fill out that little piece of paper, um, that would just be kind of, you don't have to put your name on it. So be honest. Um, and I would appreciate it. Oh, we're going to talk today about um, keeping secrets. Keeping secrets. Uh, when it comes to secrets, different people have different responses to the idea of keeping secrets. Some people say that you should always keep your secret. If somebody tells you something, you shouldn't tell anybody else. You should keep it a secret. And keeping things a secret is to not let anybody know. That's the whole idea behind secrets, is not letting everybody know. And there are some people that um, think that always keeping secrets is not necessarily a good thing. That sometimes you need to share, um, especially if somebody's doing something hurtful or being hurt, um, being unkind, and tells you not to tell anybody. Uh, those are times that I think it wise maybe to tell somebody um, because we care for people. So sometimes we, there are secrets that we can keep and sometimes there are secrets that we shouldn't keep. And, well, let's just be honest. There are some of you here that probably just can't keep a secret. It just, you don't mean to share it. It just comes out of your mouth. Uh, I have learned through my various pastorates, I have met people um, that have a hard time with that. But I have found them to be very helpful. Whenever I want to get a message out to the whole church, I tell that person and tell them, don't tell anybody. And that will guarantee that by the end of the day, the majority of the church will know uh, whatever that secret was. And I hope none of you fall into that category. But sometimes we are to do things in our lives that really nobody knows about. And that's what we want to look at today as we continue to walk through uh, the Sermon on the Mount, what it is to be kingdom people, what it is to live in really what we might call an upside-down kingdom because Jesus' kingdom doesn't look like anything like the kingdoms of this world. It looks radically different. 
And as we've been walking through the Sermon on the Mount, we just see how radically different it really is. So let's look today. We are in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at, the, at 18 verses today. We're going to walk through them, uh, I know, rather quickly, but um, I think you'll get the, the, the truth that Jesus wants us to know. The things that we are to keep secret. The, the foundation of all that follows is really found in verse 1 where Jesus says, beware, watch out, of practicing, of doing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. If you are doing things for the kingdom, there are some things that we are to keep uh, secret, some things that we are to hold to ourselves. And Jesus says in this first part of the passage, he says, if you do your work of righteousness to be seen by others, he'll say it over and over again, you, you get your reward. You get your reward from others, but you will not get your reward from God. And looking at that crown on that little Barbie today just reminds us that there are rewards for following Jesus. Not only do we have our sins forgiven, not only do we get to go live in heaven someday, uh, not only are we reconciled to God, but God finds unique and special ways to bless us when we live rightly in the kingdom. Don't do your righteousness before others. Don't do your acts before others to be seen by them. Now, I have a confession to make. I have a hard time with that. I mean, personally. I know none of you do, but I do. You see, I, there was a time in my life when I was working as a janitor in our youth center at the church I grew up in. It's a large youth center, fit about four, five hundred people. And uh, every week, the chair configuration in that room changed. And as a janitor, I was responsible for resetting the chairs. Whatever group needed them, I had to be there to put these little folding chairs up. Every Wednesday and Thursday night, we had about 400 kids come to the youth group. And that meant 400 chairs that needed to be set up. And I am meticulous when it comes to setting up chairs. I just want you to know that. If you want well done, set up chairs, I'm the guy to call. I can make sure that all the rows are straight and the right number of seats are there. You see where I'm going with this? I've just told you something I probably shouldn't have told you. That um, I'm pretty good at setting up chairs. And I know you're, not you're just supposed to do your, uh, your work quietly. I always made sure, kind of in a... Uh, a side way to have people notice the work that I did in setting up chairs. You know, I would say things like, 
um, I'm kind of tired today because I was at church last night and setting up the chairs. Or maybe I would say just quietly, chairs look nice today, don't they? And just because I wanted to draw attention, not so much to the chairs, but I wanted to draw attention to Randall. And sometimes I would get the attention drawn to me, but uh, service, even to the kingdom, cannot become self-serving. Let me say it again. Service to the kingdom cannot become self-serving. And there's a tendency in some of our lives to have the picture pointed to us. And Jesus gives them three examples where we are to keep silent, where we are to hold in secret what we're doing. In verses 1 through 4, Jesus says, starting in verse 2, thus when you give to the needy, Sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Nice job setting up the chairs. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So that your giving, your serving, your ministering may be in secret. And your Father, that is God, who sees you in secret, will reward you. Acts of mercy, being kind, is a righteous thing. You notice Jesus says in verse 1, when you practice righteousness, you see, practicing righteousness is not bad. It's a good thing. It's what we are to do as followers of Jesus. But Jesus says when you practice your righteousness in giving to the needy, but you do it in such a way that the focus gets pointed to you and not to God, you really don't get the reward that you are hoping for. But if you keep secret about it, if you keep silent about it, if you give and care and supply for the needs of others, there is a reward you will receive. You will get God's blessing. God will see you. He will acknowledge you that what you do is a good thing. Your righteousness will have great effect for it will help not only the person you are helping, but it will bring glory to God. And that is always a good thing, bringing glory to God. So just serve. Just care. Just show acts of compassion. Acts of mercy. Then in verses 5 through 15, Jesus turns his, his focus to, to prayer. And when you pray, he says, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. 
But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees you in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases that the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Therefore, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. When you pray, don't do it in such a way as to bring attention to yourself. We need to remember this when we pray. That prayer is between you and God. Not between you and the other people in the room. In all my years of, of walking with Jesus, and specifically as I um, was called into ministry and able to serve God's church, it, it burdens me of how many people pray to bring attention to themselves. They use lots of words, like if the prayer is incredibly long, somehow God listens better. It's interesting that Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. That's, that's it. And I hear people praying over and over and over again. And I've heard people in prayer, maybe I've said this, we, we studied in depth um, a few months ago the Lord's Prayer. So I don't want to go into great depth, but I just want to remind us, sometimes I've heard people pray what I call announcement prayers. I've heard pastors do this. Dear Jesus, we want you to help us remember to Jessica Hofer's having a shower today. And it's at 1.30, Lord. And people are supposed to bring dessert. Please help the church remember that. It's like you're telling God something he doesn't already know. How often we have done that in prayer. Rather than focusing on my relationship with God, we focus on my relationship with everybody else. And Jesus says we are to go in our closets and we are to pray. Now, that doesn't, I know we gather for prayer. We have prayer meeting on Wednesday nights. 
And it's good to gather in prayer, but we need to guard ourselves to why we are there and to whom we are addressing. Jesus says, do it in secret. It's between you and God. Prayer is not about technique or performance. It's about relationship. That we can call God Father. And Jesus says in other places we call him Abba. A closer relationship to the Father. Now there's a tough piece of scripture that I feel I can't just run over. In verses 14 and 15, it gives something that may strike us as um, strange, especially for those of us who walk with Jesus any length of time. If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you, but if you don't forgive, your sins won't be forgiven. Doesn't sound quite fair. And I thought our sins were forgiven in Jesus. And, and that is the truth. And I don't think God is making a statement here to say he will not forgive you, but he's calling us to see what the response to our being forgiven is. That we do not experience forgiveness in its fullness if we are holding things to ourselves and not being a forgiver. The Apostle Paul reminds us in Ephesians, um, Ephesians 4.32. He says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. For by grace we are saved. Our salvation comes not by the work we do, but how we surrender our lives to Jesus. That is where forgiveness comes from. And so, um, Jesus is, of course, talking here before the cross. He's talking to, uh, most likely, 99% Jews in the crowd. And their concept of forgiveness was going to be radically changed after the cross. But right now, he's calling them to a different kind of living. And he uses um, words that grab them. To say it's my responsibility to forgive first. How many times I've met with people who say, I will not forgive so-and-so because they have not forgiven me. That's not what the kingdom living is all about. In Christ's kingdom, in God's kingdom, we give forgiveness first. And as we give forgiveness first, we better understand what forgiveness really is. When you're doing acts of mercy, keep it quiet. When you are praying, keep it between you and God. Keep it in your closet. Even when you pray in a group, you can keep it in your closet. It's about you and God. And then lastly, he says... When 
you do acts of self-denial. Don't everybody know it. And when you fast, when you put aside yourself, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure themselves, their faces, so that their fasting may be seen by others. They wear sackcloth and ashes, and everybody knows who's fasting and who's not. Jesus says, truly I say to you, they have received their reward in full. They got praised by man. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. There's that phrase again. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Self-denial is a good thing. Fasting is a good thing because it brings us into relationship, closer relationship, that's the whole purpose of that, with God, to, be, to tell God you are more important than food. You are more important than me getting what makes me happy. It's about self-denial. It's a surrender of life and relationships of work and time to God. You see, when we open our hands, when we release what we are holding onto tightly, when we open the palms of our hands and release those things, it allows God to fill up our hands with his blessings. If we're holding on to things really tight... We hinder the blessings of God. Self-denial is about releasing from ourselves self-importance. So when you do your acts of righteousness, don't do it to be seen by others. Do it to be seen by God alone. And when God alone sees you, when you do it before him, he will reward you as best befits you. His blessings are personal. He knows more than you know what you really need. We need to remember that in our life as children of God, as those who are following Jesus, who have surrendered life to him, that we play to an audience of one. That's difficult. I see a lot of people here and there are a lot of people out there in the online world. And it's difficult for a person to stand here and say, God, the only person I see as I'm 
reading your word is you. I don't see the people of Bethesda. I just see you. When the worship team comes up to sing and to play, it's difficult not to look out and say, I wonder if people like this song, or they don't look like they're singing. They're not raising their hands. It's hard to play to an audience of one. But that's what we are to do. Do your acts of righteousness, but do it for God and his glory. And he will reward you. That's the good news. You will, uh, you will be seen by the most important person who can see you, and that is God. By the person who can reward you the best, eternal reward, it's God. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's right. I've shared this with you in a couple of different ways before, but this is a prayer that I pray almost every morning. And it's an incredibly difficult prayer. It's been entitled the, the Prayer of Relinquishment. Relinquishing self to God. Listen. Today, O oh Lord, I yield myself to you. May your will be my delight today. May your way have perfect sway in me. May your love be the pattern of my living. I surrender to you my hopes, my dreams, my ambitions. Do with them what you will, when you will, as you will. I place into your loving care my family, my friends, my future. Care for them with a care that I can never give. I release into your hands my need to control, my craving for status, my fear of obscurity. Eradicate the evil. Purify the good and establish your kingdom on earth. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Relinquishing our lives to God every day. Saying, God, it's not about me, it's about you. It's not even about my acts of righteousness, it is about you. I give myself to you again this morning, and I will probably do it at one o'clock because I will need to do it again. It's amazing how quickly Randall gets in the way of things. I do. But I kind of keep reminding myself of playing to that audience of one. 
take a moment, if you will, as we pray, to picture yourself going into your closet, shutting the door, and praying to your God who sees in secret. Take a few moments. hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.